hello, hello. Welcome to the Love You More podcast. This is your hostess, Jennifer McDaniel. And today we are talking about one of my most favorite topics, the topic of self-compassion. Oh yes, self-love, self-care, being so nice to yourself. That's not easy for a lot of people, by the way. We have some harsh inner critics out there, people. And you know what? I think there's good reason for it because I try to reflect on when and where I was taught self-compassion. It certainly was not as a kid. And, you know, I think I was taught very well by my parents, by people at my church, by my teachers to be kind to others. That was ingrained. And that is very important. Certainly not denying that. But I'm just trying to remember when I was having a tantrum or when my boyfriend broke up with me or when I got a crappy grade in school, did anyone ever take a moment to ask me, hey, what are you talking to yourself about right now? Are you being kind? Are you saying nice things to yourself? Are you being there for you in this moment? Yeah, I don't really remember a lot of that. I'm pretty sure the first time I ever learned about the concept of self-compassion was in good old yoga class in college. And even then it was more of just like, oh yeah, well, that's great. That's a wonderful concept. Being kind to yourself feels like it would feel nice. Right. But I think that we got to do what Kristen Neff, the researcher, the guru of self-compassion tells us we have to have fierce self-compassion. We have to love ourselves like our life counts on it because it does. And so, you know, I'm just curious when you heard me in open up in today's podcast, what did you think when I, when I said self-compassion, did you think, oh, that's kind of more for the week? Did you think, oh yeah, I've got, I'm, I'm good to myself. Or yeah, I've got some work to do on that, but I'm just curious, just take a quick moment when you hear the word self-compassion and you reflect on it, are you practicing it right now? What does it look like in your life? And if you're not practicing it at all, then maybe hopefully after today's conversation, you're feeling a little more inspired to be good to yourself. So let's talk about the benefits of self-compassion because the research shows that self-compassion works and it doesn't just work in terms of helping us to feel better and to be in a better mood. I mean, that's important. You won't care about that. I care about that. I want to be in a good mood. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of shame and stay there. Shame stinks. I hate shame. I hate that feeling so much. It is the hardest feeling of them all. You know, when your anger you're angry, you can yell. When you're sad, you can cry. When you're happy, you can laugh and dance. But when you're in shame and you're feeling crappy about yourself, it just feels like there's nowhere to go. And there's no way to release that feeling. And let me talk a little bit about something that we've noticed in our private practice. So as you all know, I'm a dietitian. I'm um, an owner of McDaniel Nutrition Therapy Private Practice here in St. Louis. We have a team of dietitians. And so we talk a lot about how we can be better as practitioners with our clients. And something that's come up quite a bit recently is how do we deal with clients who are really struggling with anxiety, depression, and just feeling like those things are keeping them stuck in terms of them moving forward with their health goals. And we're not, we're not trained psychotherapists. We are registered dietitians. So it's important that we stay in our own wheelhouse But something that I have talked about and that we're talking about in our group meeting this week is the importance of 
having these conversations with our clients about self-compassion because self-compassion is the antidote to shame. It's the antidote to feeling depressed and lonely. It can really, really help us when we are nice to ourselves and when we can let go of that inner critic, because people can be really hard on themselves when cognitively they know, yes, I need to be eating better. I need to be getting more sleep. I know that exercise makes me feel better, but then when I don't do those things, I feel guilty. I don't feel good enough. And then I move into a place of shame and maybe I even attack myself and then I'm stuck. Then I really can't move forward in my health goals and self-compassion. The research shows that when we are kinder to ourselves, people are more able to follow through with what they want to do in terms of taking care of themselves. People who are more self-compassionate feel less stressed. They can handle stress better. They are more resilient to stressful situations. Their bodies actually physiologically respond way better to stress. You know, stress constricts our blood vessels, makes our heart work harder, increases cortisol, But when people have self-compassion for themselves, that when they experience stress, it's, it's, it's like a coat of armor. You know, we just don't feel those and we don't have those negative physiological effects as much as when we're harsh. So we're also just in better health. I mean, research shows that people who are more self-compassionate tend to be healthier. So there's so many reasons why self-compassion works. And your life really does depend upon it. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Kristen Neff, guru researcher of self-compassion, has a book, Fierce Self-Compassion. She defines self-compassion as treating oneself with kindness and non-judgmental. I have a real hard, I'm going to start over. I'm starting over. Okay. The definition of self-compassion is treating oneself with kindness and non-judgmental acceptance in response to perceived challenges and failures. So in a nutshell, it's being nice to yourself. It's not judging yourself when you're going through a dang hard time. And she also looks at self-compassion with three different components. So here are the three different components. Uh, You can take a quiz, by the way, online. Go to uh, Kristen Neff's website, which is, I don't know, uh, Kristen is spelled with a K N E F F. We'll put it in the uh, show notes, but anyway, take a test. Let's see what areas you're doing well in and where you need to grow. So part one, self-kindness seems appropriate, right? (laughs) So self-kindness when you're feeling inadequate or when you're feeling disappointed in those moments, you can be understanding with yourself, patient, and you can accept yourself. You can catch yourself when you start moving into that inner critic and being self-critical. Oh, there it is again. I'm being self-critical. Pause, pause. Let me rewrite that because believe it or not, it doesn't work. It's so crazy. You know, you really think, wow, if I'm hard on myself, if I'm really harsh and (laughs) I'll make change faster. That's not true. It really doesn't work. People, you know, all those boot camp instructors that tell us that we got to like kill it out there (laughs) are wrong. We, it's it, it, the, the, the win is in self-compassion. All right. Part two, common humanity. You are not alone in this. You are not the first person to make that mistake. You are not that first person to think those things. So when we recognize that all people are imperfect, all people make mistakes and experience failure. When we're remembering this, we feel so much less alone. We feel connected. I mean, it's the stuff 
I teach my kids, right? I mean, growth mindset, grit, it's, it's, it's all coming in the fact that we all make mistakes and, and that's just human. We're all human. So part three is mindfulness. And you've probably heard the definition for mind, mindfulness before if you're listening to this podcast, but mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment without judging yourself. And this is really helpful when it comes to self-compassion, because I think the first step in being more self-compassionate with yourself is this step, because if you aren't mindful, if you aren't recognizing when you are in that mode of attack, when you are being critical to yourself, then it's really hard to change it. But if you notice, oh, there I am again, calling myself an idiot, um, you know, then I'm going to be like, oh, okay. So that was that I'm not going to judge myself for calling myself an idiot, even though I know I'm not supposed to, uh, but I'm not an idiot. And here's why, right? So three parts, being self-kind to yourself, knowing that you are not alone, common humanity, and then bringing mindfulness to your actions and to your thoughts. So. Now, how do we put all of this into practice? How do we rewrite the ants? You know what the ants are? The ant stands for automated negative thoughts because that's, a, that's what, what we do. We, do we, we have a lot of ants throughout our day, an automated negative thought. So how do we rewrite those thoughts? How do we, shh, Mr. Inner Critic? Well, I think the mindfulness part we already discussed, that really is step number one. But let me give you a couple other scenarios You've probably heard this first one, but the first one is, would you say that to your friend? Like, really, like, can you treat yourself the way that you treat your best friend? Can you be your best friend? I feel so good. I literally just kind of got choked up when I thought about that because I am not my best friend very often. I mean, I talk about these things because I need to learn them so much. And so it feels really good to be your very own best friend. So just think about, okay, if it's hard for me to apply this to myself, let me start with thinking about coaching a friend in this very hard moment. And then can I turn that conversation to myself? The second strategy is one that I learned from one of my very good therapist friends. Her name is Patty Cashman. I hope to have her on this podcast with me someday. She taught me about being kind to your younger self. So what she suggested is find a beloved picture of yourself when you were a little kiddo and I don't know, stick it in your backpack or your wallet, your purse. And when you are having that really harsh moment and you're being mean to yourself, you pull out that picture and you parent that child. You look that sweet, cute little kiddo in the eye and you you walk them through, you protect them, you nurture them, you give them some kind, reinforcing, loving comments. Because really we are that, we're still that little one. That little one is still us. But yet somewhere along the lines, we just got really mean to them. So let's reconnect with that one. And I love this one so much because this takes being kind to like your friend to a whole nother level. Cause you're looking at yourself. You can do this in the mirror, by the way, in the morning, you know, instead of getting up and counting how many wrinkles you have or wondering why you still are getting zits at the age of 43, you can look into your beautiful eyes 
and you can search right into that soul and you can tell yourself that you love yourself. Feels kind of strange, but the more you do it, the better it gets. All right. And then, oh, what was my third thing? I got to look at my notes. Oh, this one. This is one, actually one of my favorites. So push yourself ahead 30 years. So if I'm 43, I'm going to think of my 73-year-old self. And I like to do this is how I do it. I sit on my couch. I close my eyes. And I consider that wiser, older Jennifer McDaniel at the age of 73. And I'm going to give myself some advisement. So this 73-year-old is going to tell this 43-year-old what's up and how to handle this. And it's, it's simply amazing if you give yourself just a, a couple of moments to connect with your wiser self. It's crazy that you already have the answers. You're already that wise person, really. That's actually one of my most favorites. So, all right. And then finally, one more, one more idea is just to write it down. You know, I, um, I backed into the a car at carpool lane a couple of weeks ago. My middle son had forgot his mask, you know, all the stress going on inside of the car. We're potentially running late. And I backed up and I heard the crunch. And all I thought was, oh, dear Lord universe, just please don't be a Tesla. Thank goodness it wasn't. It was another nice car. But anyway, I uh, wanted to really beat myself up for that one for a while because that's just not the way to meet new parents at your child's school. But anyway, I just kind of got home and I just like, you know, I was stressed. I just, I just wrote. I wrote down everything that was on my mind. And then after I wrote, I tried to write a couple of things down about ways that common humanity, I'm definitely not the first person that's done that. And it just helped me to get it out, just to write it down on paper. So self-compassion, it makes us healthier. It helps us to live and manage anxiety and depression better. It doesn't make it go away, but it certainly makes us more resilient to it. it certainly makes our heart and our heads healthier. It's a way more fun way to live our lives. And you deserve it that little sweet boy or girl inside deserves you to be your very best friend. So love you more, love yourself, give yourself some self-compassion today and forever. Mm -hmm.